Juliet, right? Yeah. You're Calliope? Well, Cal's good. Who are you, Calliope? Where'd you come from? Me. It's 11, yeah. How does it feel? You're nothing like the monsters I grew up hating. I just want to live my life. Josie. Can't be together. It won't work. I've forbidden you from seeing her. We're not supposed to be. I know my feelings for you are real. Juliet and every legacy in Savannah dies tonight. Well, that escalated quickly. Let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey man, I'm Brian Brushwood, but most importantly, was it just me or did that start off like Romeo and Juliet, except it ended in tragedy? And one yeah, of them was it started off like... with me wanting to make a joke about the names of your daughters and then quickly got <laughs> me going, nope, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so that was a trailer for Netflix's new show, First Kill, which is streaming now. Uh, this is a Romeo and Juliet story meets Twilight as a young vampire girl falls in love with another high school girl who happens to be from a family of vampire hunters. God, what's funny is I stumbled right into that uh, because I was trying to quote the Simpsons line when Homer says that. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it's basically Teen Wolf. By the way, MTV Teen Wolf already did this. Anyway, that's on Netflix now. The re review says it's a little schlocky, but it's a teen drama. So, first yeah, kill. If you want schlocky. On there Netflix? Well, now I've heard anything. <laughs> anything? <laughs> now yeah. I've heard of not, something. Not everything. Yeah. <laughs> now I've heard uh, two or three things. Now I've heard more than three things, which is a lot of things. It's a plethora. Yeah. Uh, what, what do they say? It's like, if it's more than three, it's a lot. Oh, no, no, no. It was Patton who said, let's move on to our primary target. <laughs> Business Insider reported last Wednesday that Roku had closed the window for employees to sell vested stock grants, which you may say, well, I am not an employee. Why do I care? Apparently, some sources say it was closed because Roku is entertaining an offer by Netflix to buy it. The theory runs that Netflix could make an all-stock offer so they don't have to use any of their cash, which they exceedingly have. Uh, basically, they have debt. They don't have actual cash. Uh, so they could make an all-stock offer in order to get access to Roku's ad tech, which would bolster an ad-supported version of Netflix. Now, one of my first questions when any of these acquisition rumors comes along is whether the acquiring company... Not not whether the acquiring company would want to buy it, because that's usually what causes the rumor. Like, oh, why wouldn't Netflix want Roku? Why wouldn't Apple want to buy Netflix? Uh, but whether the acquired company wants to sell. Uh, and this goes back to everybody going, why isn't Facebook selling to Yahoo? What are they, dumb? Which we all know uh, they were. It was They absolutely should, should have sold to Yahoo years ago. Uh, however, I don't know that I don't think Roku would want to sell, Brian. Like, it... It might be Roku looking at the limited options for growth in their future and saying, gosh, maybe we should cash out and Netflix can provide us a heck of a boost. Uh, let me tell you one story that makes sense and another story that is totally bonkers. The story that makes sense is once upon a time, there was a little device that had a Levi style uh, fabric tag on the side called Roku that brought to you all of your favorite video podcasts, including material from Revision 3, CNET, you name it, right? Uh, and they established so much brand presence in the mind that even as televisions became capable of running all of their software, the brand Roku still had 
value and they were selling ads on it and it became a platform and uh, uh, they needed an end game. So what did they do? They sold themselves to the most valuable, number one, most dominant over the top streaming uh, cable television quality network of all time, Netflix. All of that makes perfect sense to me. Now let me tell you a crazy story. That happens just like when AOL bought Time Warner, except what if Roku becomes the name of Netflix? Netflix mm. is in a position where its brand as a consumer to me, and I'll be interested in both of your takes, is a little bit washed out, a little bit has been. Roku is the familiar thing. It's the hardware, comes built into TVs. Uh, all of the over-the-top networks can plead with smart TVs to have their logo be one of the four buttons that you press on it. Roku is the TV. So what if Roku became the name of the network? And all of a sudden, we all had a reason to go revisit what we loved about Netflix. I like, the, I like these stories. They both make sense. I would like, if I may, to add two stories of my own. This is good. And then we'll okay. have a Final Four tournament and Bryce will decide the winner. And Bryce can, uh, can pick a champion. Uh, what, another story is Roku uh, is making great strides at becoming an advertising company. And as we all know, that's how Facebook and Google got to be two of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, yes, there was technology, just like Roku has technology, but it was advertising that brought in the dollars. Roku looks at Netflix's offer and says, yeah, of course you'd like to buy us. Just like Yahoo wanted to buy Facebook. Why wouldn't they? No, we're not going to sell because we're going to make way more money on our own. Uh, than we would if we were gobbled up by you and lost ourselves inside of your organization. So no thank you, Netflix. Before we you tell me the second story. And be a platform. And we're happy to sell our ad tech to you, to license it to you, to make you a client. But no way are we going to sell the company to you because we'll make way more money selling our advertising technology to other platforms as well. Before you go on to your second story, a version of your first story solves a very big problem, which is Netflix has never, ever, ever, ever meant ads. Roku has always, always, always meant ads. So mm. then if, you, if Netflix buys Roku, lets Roku have the name, then all of a sudden all Netflix is under Roku. But if you really hate ads, you could pay even extra to have ad-free, pure, true Netflix. But why would Roku want that in this scenario? Because they're going to get a lot of the biggest blue chip stock in all of over the top streaming. Netflix? No, Roku does. I mean, uh, Roku gets bought by Netflix. Why does Roku want to sell in that scenario, though? Uh, because uh, uh, name three Roku originals. It doesn't matter. Roku's going to make hand over fist advertising money. It doesn't need to worry about originals. Originals isn't where the money will come from. They can buy originals. Money's coming from advertising. They have the, the cash. They don't need Netflix. Let, me, let me rephrase it this way. Uh, there has to be some dollar amount at which Roku suddenly becomes interested, right? 
Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. hit that number. Technically, Netflix is buying Roku. Immediately, Roku becomes the name of Netflix. Netflix becomes a premium okay, yeah, sub yeah, brand. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm not saying your story doesn't, it doesn't make sense should Roku sell to Netflix. I, I, I think that's an interesting story. But I, in, this, in this story that I'm telling, Roku is like, doesn't make sense for us to sell. The way everyone was saying, oh, Apple's going to buy Netflix. Why wouldn't Apple buy Netflix? Apple would love Netflix. They'd get all that content, boost Apple TV+. And I kept saying, Netflix doesn't want to sell. Netflix doesn't want to sell to Apple. They think they can make a lot more money and possibly as much money as Apple someday. Why would they sell? And that's actually what has happened. Netflix has not wanted to sell. Now, conditions may change down the road, but I think that's still true. I look at Roku in this scenario that I'm painting, and I still have another one, and say, Roku is saying, why would we ever sell? We might buy Netflix someday when we're big enough, or we might decide to buy something else like Hulu or something, but we are not going to sell to Netflix because we are the growth opportunity and Netflix has stalled out. Why would we sell to them? The I... same way Facebook refused to sell to Yahoo because even though Yahoo was the biggest company at the time, they knew that Facebook was going to continue to grow and Yahoo was not. Tom, I yield to your position because of the, uh, the, the ever-present underdog of it's not the enemy you know that you should fear, it's the one that you don't even yet see coming. And the mm -hmm. fact that Roku has all of these small bets placed on all of these different companies, any one of which could explode into the next just full on, when you think TV, you think of them, does put them in a good position. So yeah. Cause, cause give me your final pitch though. Because that, that, the downside to my story is if Roku's wrong. If they're if they're like, yeah, Google is eating our lunch on the platform side, maybe we ought to sell to Netflix, right? My second scenario would let you change the company to, to Roku, like you're talking about. Because in this scenario, the original Roku device was not known as a Roku, even though it said Roku right on the front. For the first couple of years, at least for the first year of its uh, life, it was known as the Netflix player. And Correct. Tom Merritt, who worked at CNET, had to constantly remember to write Roku Netflix player because our style was to name the official name, not what everybody called it. Oh, wait, no, no, no. So it wasn't just known as the Netflix player. You're saying it was literally distributed and marketed as, as the, the Roku Netflix, Netflix player. player. Holy yeah. moly. You don't see it on the actual uh, uh, case of the original device, but the manual that came with it said Roku Netflix player, and it had the Netflix logo. And the reason for that was because the folks at Roku used to work at Netflix and wanted to build a streaming device. And so they left Netflix kind with Netflix's permission. It was like, yeah, spin out. We'll partner with you on the platform. That'll help us distribute. You guys make the, the hardware. We don't have to take the risk of the hardware. You can get your own VC money. In this scenario, and this is my crazy scenario, the plan was always for them to come back. The plan was always go forth, build this business independently of us. And at some point, we don't know exactly when, but we'll know it when we see it. It will make sense for us to come back together again and combine our forces. And in that scenario, they might very well change the name of the company to Roku uh, or, or not. I, I think I could see do, that either way. Do, but do, it was you know what's always wild? in the cards for Roku to get itself as valuable as possible until the point that Netflix needed something that it had, like ad tech, and because they're all friends for the Roku folks to come back into the fold. In that universe, in that headcanon, 
it makes equal sense for either one to buy the other as long as, and I hope we agree on this, the thing that makes the most sense is the big name is becomes Roku and the premium name remains Netflix. Netflix gets to yeah. continue to claim it's never done ads. It's not an ad related company. I mean, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will, I will absolutely admit that possibility. I'm, I'm 50, 50 ish on whether they will actually do that or not. Uh, I could, I could see it going either way, but well, I mean, as we know, about it, some all of, of stories this... of like Netflix giving Roku seasons of, you know, older seasons of their shows to show on the Roku player free with ads. So it's kind of pointing, pointing down that road a little bit. Right. Well, and as we know, all of this is decided not by, you know, a bunch of, you know, C-level executives on some board meeting. It's decided by the Bryce Castillo right now. Obviously. Uh, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the big, the big question is, and I think, I think Tom is, is right in, in trying to figure it out is why would Netflix or why would Roku, who does seem to have uh, a turnkey operation that they can scale to other third party partners, as well as their original content, why would, unless, unless Netflix really thought Roku was the only people to do it. Uh, I don't know why they would only want to get in bed with one ad company and why Roku would only want to get into bed with one Netflix. Uh, if I may pitch, uh, first of all, install base uh, is gigantic for, for Roku being built into smart TVs as they come off the factory line. Uh, but what, yeah, but that's something that Roku has. What, what does Netflix have? Uh, prestige, which Roku has absolutely zero of. And, and I do mean that like, like, I mean, like Netflix is the number one brand when you think of over the top streaming networks. They have and, and a lot of ad tech. They're buying the ad tech. That doesn't mean they can't work with other ad companies. It's, it's saying, you know, cause the ad, as I'm sure Derek is already writing us the email, the ad business is so complicated. <laughs> There's like so many different parts of us. But well, like, and it's, please, and it's please, like, please write the email. Yeah, Derek. Please, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was mostly asking for the email, not, not warning him. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I guess it's like, Sure, Netflix can buy like Netflix could make shows for other people, but they make shows for themselves. And they and like could, why are they going to buy Roku to be a mercenary? Because uh, if they bought Roku, Roku could become DVD.com. Well, I, I, yeah, they're Netflix they're, games. They're, like, gar they're garbage dump. They're experiment experimental playground. They could and why buy the too. why buy the cow for that? Uh, again, Netflix the install base and the uh, uh, the smart I TVs. I, I think Netflix has all of those customers. Yeah, we, we're talking um, about saturation all the time. I mean, are they all secretly hiding on Roku? Because I mean, there's a lot of money to find those people. Well, and, wait, let me put it this way: yeah. uh, every smart TV you buy, you are one click away from Netflix. You are for every smart TV you buy, you are zero clicks away from Roku. That's why. That one click makes all well, the difference. I mean, if it's a Roku smart TV. Yes, which obviously. most yeah. of them are. Is there, is there, is there, is there, I don't have one. Yeah. There's the, it's I Samsung, may own three. LG. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, here nor there. But I mean, that's the thing, right? To me, like Roku doesn't have anything of value to, uh, just as a consumer. Like I get the stuff through Apple and I get all my subscriptions through somewhere else. I, and I've had bad experiences with Roku. It, to me, Roku Netflix buying Roku also, would be a negative. I hadn't thought about this till just now. What Roku would also get is Netflix's distribution partners and channels to get the Roku player, the Roku channel. 
which is kind of the future of the company more than hardware mm. on a bunch of different platforms. Netflix is coming in and say, and being the ESPN to Roku's uh, ESPN classic and saying like, hey, you guys got a great deal with carrying Netflix on the platform. Wouldn't you like to carry our free, you know, ad supported fast channel as well? The the Roku channel? Um, I guess I could see, I could see like Netflix free. I could see Netflix free and uh, I could... Uh, I could see but, Netflix, but, but, but that would, would have they to be. Would, they would never have to call it Netflix free. They would but, they would call it Roku free, featuring they... <laughs> content powered by Netflix because because that way Netflix gets to pretend that they've never had ads. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's a silly kabuki show. We know show. that they're real. I they're agree. Real. Okay, but 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 I think it does matter for for their prestige branding. And and now keep in mind, this is from the guy who got HBO Max totally wrong and thought that all it was going to do is sully the HBO name. Instead, all it did was increase the Max name. And so take take that for That's what it's I'm worth. 50 is I, I could see it working the way you're talking about. It. I could also see Netflix saying like, <clears throat> it's fine. We'll we'll have a, a Netflix with ads version, but the premium will always be premium. Uh I, I wanted to look this up because I know a couple people were were surprised to hear that Roku spun out of Netflix. Roku was actually founded in 2002 by Anthony Wood, who then went on to work at Netflix and in 2007 began working on Project Griffin, which Netflix almost put out. But then apparently weeks before the Roku player launched, Reed Hastings decided that it would be a problem for license agreements. And so spun the company out rather than kill the project. That sounds like it was related to their stars deal at the time. Cause, uh, it was that related to, it was related to carriage of Netflix on other platforms. In other words, Netflix wanted to be on every device and every smart TV. And they were worried if they made their own device that those other companies would be like, man, we're not putting you on this device. Cause you've got your own device. It has been a minute since we've had such a simple black and white, make your prediction a uh, moment like this cordkillers at gmail.com please 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 write in how you think this is going to go down who's going to buy who if at all why they would why they wouldn't and what brand they would end up calling it after uh, at the end of yeah, the day yeah yeah because i like i like the crazy ideas they were they were meant to come home hey, but, but, by the way I, I thought you would find my idea more crazy than you did i was kind of disappointed that you didn't find it all that crazy <laughs> no because i i I, I've seen that happen so many times where companies like, well, we need to rebrand the meta brand meta, uh, like meta. You know instance. what? You know, yeah. one brand that'll never rebrand itself. Frame rate. Frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we said that at the same time because we got some Skype lag. That's right. That's why we became cord killers. And you can keep us loud, live and independent by heading on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. You'll get everything all in one RSS feed, including our super exclusive audio only behind the scenes after talk. Mm hmm. That's where we'll tell you who will really buy Roku. And the answer is me and Brian. Once we get 700,000 patrons, you know what? That could be a big lie, but the only way they'll know for sure yeah. is yeah. if they get on that Patreon. Yeah. Oh, uh, but oh my God. Oh, I can't get now. What's happening? I, 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 now, Brian, are you okay? Is your microphone all right? No, wrong? I don't know if it's bursitis. No, it's three digit disease. I've got Not it again. Again, again. It God, Tom, it, it happened again. Remission. I only need one, just one 999. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, it's so oh, dear. Close. Oh, dear. Save Brian, patreon.com slash. Yeah.
cord killers. Love cord killers. <laughs> let's talk about. Uh, let's try to talk about how to watch. <laughs> Disney has lots of movies coming out, but uh, the one I want to talk about right now is called Strange World. It's an animated adventure about a family of explorers venturing into a world of fantastic creatures. Maybe they don't get along so well, and that's going to impede their their ability to explore and put them in threats. Set to arrive in theaters November 23rd. Disney magic, animation, fun, exploring, adventures. It looks like journey to the center of the earth when you look at the posters. And so everybody's going to go to the theater on November 23rd to watch Strange World, except in France. Because France, let me explain, just shortened, I'm, I'm reminding you, shortened a legal window that prevents any movie shown in theaters from going to streaming platforms like Disney Plus until 15 to 17 months after release, more than a year. Netflix did a deal where it gets to do it in 15, but most of the platforms like Disney have to wait 17 months. It used to be 36 months. So this is a deal. They, they cut it in half. Uh, the only way around this rule would be to not show your movie in a French theater. So that's what Disney has chosen to do. <laughs> in France, Strange World will arrive on Disney Plus on November 23rd. Disney said in a statement, While we support French cinema and have for decades, the new cumbersome media chronology is anti-consumer, ignoring how behavior has evolved over the last several years and puts us at increased risk for piracy. Ooh, they use the P word. <laughs> we will continue to make decisions on a film-by-film -film basis and according to each market's unique conditions. France's National Cinema Federation firmly protests the decision and has called upon public authorities to lead a process to resolve the problem. Yo, what up? Bonjour, it's me, Ted Disney, here for Flex. It's called French Flex. It's called your power of the plus is so powerful that it ain't enough to accept a massive shortening of your release windows. You gotta flex, bro. And when on Disney Plus, you'll be able to flex, bro. By the way, bro is spelled B-R-E-A-U-X. Yes, yeah. bro. And then suddenly, all of France is gonna tremble before Disney flex. I really, really want to do an insulting French accent in response, but I won't. Uh, ah, what would it sound like if you were to do one? <laughs> it would sound like something that will make Patrick Beja hate me forever. Oh, <laughs> like Rakakuni? You want me to call Patrick Beja? We can get him on the line. I am too afraid of Patrick okay. Beja because he's as built. That's right. He's you. afraid of this flex. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think France might respond by saying, Let's make a rule about not putting movies on your streaming platform oh, because okay. that would be a very French thing to do. Uh, 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 or, or at least having to invent a new word for what it yeah. is to put a, a movie on your platform. Yeah, they're, they're going to try to create a rule. Somebody is. Whether this will actually get put into place or not, somebody's going to come up with a proposal that would be a rule designed to stop Disney from putting movies onto Disney Plus without them going into theaters. Bro. Uh, that, that's how France is going to react to this. Bro. Disney, Disney is saying, look, what we want is a shorter window. 15 months is still too long. And 
we're going to take away this animated movie. Just an animated movie. It's a big animated movie. It's a Disney animated movie. It's going to hurt you a little. But imagine if we took away others. We might. We are going to keep evaluating this on a film-by-film basis until you've shortened the window. Yeah. That's essentially what Disney said. We, uh, look, we got a thing about short windows. Just ask Napoleon. Yeah. That was uh, a the, short joke. It, it doesn't he, was, he yeah. wasn't really that short. Though. Bro, no, no, he's taller than me. He was 5'9". Yeah. I'm 5'7". I, he was actually pretty tall for his time. Yeah, I never, but I'm never, smarter anyway. than him. I know way more about over-the-top way streaming smarter. networks. Have you ever been exiled to an island uh, like Corsica? No, no I haven't. Never. But I also know way to dispatch my troops with canned foods, but also give them can openers, which is something that uh, Another, yeah, see, no, see, Napoleon whoopsie didn't smart. do. Every time Brian dispatches his troops, he does that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're getting sidetracked from the fact that Disney is we're, going to war now, with we're, France. We're, now we're just flexing on our knowledge of French history. <laughs> uh, Disney just declared war on French cinema is essentially what this is. And it's got them in a panic. So it worked. Because there's a there's a bunch of people very scared about what would happen if Disney continues to do this, as well as if Disney wins this battle, uh, and and other movie studios who are you know busily chomping popcorn watching this from the sidelines cheering Disney on. Uh, everything about this looks like France is trying to play ball and Disney is being a jerk. However, uh, there's a new reality now, and and it. it, it, it to arrive, uh, what was the lesson we learned from uh, Game of Thrones? A compromise is the thing that everybody's annoyed with and nobody's happy with. So they have to push back on this uh, in order to get to the new reality. What's really interesting about this is Netflix is the nice guy in this story. Netflix is the one that said, we're going to put 10 movies into French theaters this year. Uh, we're we're going to play nicer than we ever have. Uh, that's why we're getting the 15 months instead of the 17 months. Like Netflix, I wouldn't say they're rolling over, but they they played ball. They they signed up for this law beforehand, and Disney's the one coming in afterwards. Like, nope, 15, not even good enough. Uh, I I would say, given the fact that that Disney Plus launched in the middle of the pandemic and had massive uh, tactical advantage in doing so, just, you know, just stormed its way to number two, I believe. Uh, uh, Netflix, if they have the barest whiff of protectionism, they they should jump on that and please whatever governmental entities they can. Yeah. And don't forget, I mean, you may think like, oh, French cinema, they don't care about Disney. They, they do. People love People love Disney stuff in France. They have a Disney world in France. So... Yep. I think they got some weight there. Uh, let us know what you think. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Like it's all about location, location. Under Surveillance. The Hollywood Reporter says that Cobra Kai creators Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg are on board to produce a film based on the video game Duke Nukem for Legendary Entertainment. Uh, we don't have a writer or a director yet, but Brian... Duke Nukem, if you're our age, is that amazing video game from the 90s that sadly went into infamy when they tried to make Duke Nukem Forever. If you're in your 20s, it's that Duke Nukem Forever thing that never panned out and is a big joke. Well, and even when I was a late teens, early 20-year-old, uh, uh, Duke Nukem was 
that video game that just felt okay with ripping off all the best lines from movies. <laughs> so so that it's too, it's, right? it's yeah. a video game trying to be a movie that would become uh, a movie. Um, uh, also, uh, I'll always have complicated feelings about this because uh, my brother spent five years working on the video game and then his company was sold for parts after it shut down and, and became Duke Nukem. So yeah. if one team can make Duke Nukem into a successful movie for Legendary. Is it the Cobra Kai folks? Um, They've got a track record because they've done things before Cobra Kai, right? And they've taken modern ironic takes on old retro properties. Mm -hmm. Okay, so okay, so what does this look like? Uh, like Duke Nukem is doing old-fashioned ham-fisted, he's at the strip bar throwing 20s and people are like, gross what are you doing and then and then he has to reassert himself in a new world and learn how to kick ass in a new way it, it takes place at a restaurant or a restaurant <laughs> yes a, he's like the manager of of booters and booters yeah. actually that's one of the is moves this a great idea? Is, is because because he idea. he gives them the boot in the game okay all right suddenly Sorry. i'm on board i want to see a down on his luck duke nukem working his way back to the top these are the folks who made Harold and Kumar. Uh, they, the they know how to. They know what the thing. Time machine. Yeah. yeah. Like That's awareness. These and then to Bryce's point, rebooted a classic franchise from the past. Like, I don't know. It feels like the perfect skill set. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know if they have what it takes, but I do know that that is a very difficult stone needle to thread. And. Yeah. Uh, they, they appear to have a track record of doing ex exactly that. Friday, the Spider-Man movie Twitter account posted a video that included Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield and announced that Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version, will come to U.S. and Canadian theaters September 2nd. No details on what the fun stuff might be yet, but you can already buy tickets for, uh, or you can start ordering tickets August 9th. Can't get them yet. Um... I played the, 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 the game of chicken with my own brain on how far I would let them go afield before I got annoyed. And I ended up summarizing the two and a half hour movie to about an hour and a half. And the rest was nothing but channel flipping genre popping where it's like, it's a reality show with the three Spider-Men. It's a, it's a love story between mm -hmm. the three Spider-Men. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a cop drama with Spider-Men. Like just, I, I don't know that there's any end to the amount of fun stuff I would, I would want in this. The question is, did they shoot new stuff for this or is this stuff they determined was too fan service for the broad audience? And now are putting it back in to be like, you know, for those of you who liked fan service, I mean, we got something for you. We live That's in a kind world of the way I took it. where they re-released uh, Deadpool as a, as a, as a PG version of it. Right. Uh, completely. Yeah. So, so it, I would say anything's on the table. What do you, what do, what do you guess though? Do uh, you think, like runtime I, of extra stuff. Is it stuff that they already had or stuff that they've decided, went back and decided to create? I mean, okay. Hmm. If they're smart, they'll insist it's all stuff they had. Sure. They'll also buy a bunch of green screen suits and get a bunch mm -hmm. of dudes to run around and do whatever CG 
and and get lines recorded or whatever. I mean, did, there's no reason not to take stuff they already had and enhance it. That's what little, I'm saying. Right? Right? That's just getting it ready for production. Complete it's not it. shooting new material. I mean, we didn't shoot it intending it for it to be a Three's Company ripoff. And so but we had to We had the it. footage. We yeah, had the we, soundtrack. Exactly. So, so they came and knock on our for door. The, for the movie, of course. And so the Dick Van Spider-Man show. The Dick Van Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fun to say. Uh, an official trailer for DC's Black Adam starring Dwayne Johnson is out. It also introduces Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher, Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone, and Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Uh, Black Adam coming to theaters July 29th. Did you watch the trailer? I'm, I'm trying to be really good about watching all the trailers, but I missed this one. Please tell me what you thought about it. I don't remember it, even though I watched That's it. That's valuable intel. It, that right there, boots on the rock. ground forgetting. I think That's it was all right. <laughs> I turned it I on. It was fine. I remember I enjoying fine. watching it. Boots on the ground forgetting. That's what we're best at. <laughs> well, no, I, I guess what I mean is I actually watched it twice because I watched it when it first came out and I was like, oh yeah, that looks pretty good. Then today, when I'm putting together the rundown for Cord Killers, I was like, was even in that trailer? I should probably watch it again. And I did. And right now, I could not tell you anything other than like, oh, yeah, Dwayne Johnson wakes up at 5,000 years. He's mad. He talks to Pierce Brosnan a lot. They do things. Anybody, but I also didn't have a negative reaction. Anybody can watch a trailer. Anybody <laughs> can watch a trailer and summarize it for you. Only cord killers can watch a trailer twice and forget it and fail to summarize it for you patreon.com slash cord killers uh netflix released a teaser for the final two episodes of season four of stranger things and in this case uh not much to glean from the uh, fast cuts well, and, and in this case i did act actively avoid this one because to my surprise tom uh everybody's saying this is a real good season yes it is a very good season. Uh, you won't learn anything from this teaser trailer. I'll be honest. It's fast cuts and it's like, oh yeah, I know that character. Oh, they look older. Um, we're going to get it all revealed July 1st anyway. So they kind of don't even need to worry about putting things in the teaser other than to remind you, like, don't forget July 1st. You get those last two episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh, my buddy, Justin Robert Young was very direct. He's like, uh, I, he was asking where I was at. I was like, eh, I gave up after season two. He was like, don't even worry about season three. Yeah. Just go. Just go. Just start with season four. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, the previously on will tell you everything you needed to know from season three. I'll be, uh, yeah, I'm not even lying. Although I honestly thought season three was better than season two. I'm still with Justin. Go right into season four. Cool. Uh, final trailer out for Nope, uh, Jordan Peele's next movie. This one is interesting. Yes. Because it's a trailer. But even Variety wouldn't write about what's in the trailer because variety feels like it would be spoiling the twist and I'm not going to tell it either. I'll tell you but what is it is it spoiling the twist or is Jordan Peele doing this on purpose to be like, you're going to watch this trailer and think I spoiled it, but I'm Jordan Peele. So uh, it may not be what you think. Here's what I can say in the first releases, we got the style and intensity of a Jordan Peele horror masterpiece. We got nothing else. In this one, I have a strong sense of the characters and vague motivations and w what they, uh, the power of, of, of um, 
trying to make a book. Uh, it's a, I, 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 this is the part where I start, stop talking. Yeah. Nope. Comes to theaters July 22nd folks. But I, I, I liked it much gonna, better than the first one. I'm just going to put this down. I don't think if you watch this trailer and you're like, Oh, so the spoiler is X. I don't think it's X. I don't think it's a lie. I think that's in the movie. Well, I think there's, I think there's more. I think you're going to come out of that movie going, oh my gosh, that trailer didn't tell me that. Didn't oh, see wait, that wait, wait, wait. Jordan Peele movie having layers? Well, now I've heard everything. Yeah, and you'll need to peel those layers. Oh, I regret everything. Let's move on to what we've had our eyes on. Brian, what have you been watching? Uh, I ain't seen a Jurassic anything movie in over a decade. Uh-huh. My 18-year-old daughter is like, this movie appears to have a lot of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. And then we went. I feel like I missed nothing over the last 10 years, and I had a fine oh, time. Um, you may have missed good Jurassic Park movies. Oh! <laughs> you sure about that? Uh... You sure I have about seen the that? previous two and I have not seen this one. So no, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the Jurassic world was a good movie. The last one, arguably not a good movie. The and by first... all accounts, this one's worse than the last one. Okay. Uh, uh, may I, sp- uh, spoiler alert. I will mm-hmm. summarize all of the plot. <clears throat> uh Oh, uh Oh, and which movie is this again? I know it, this is Jurassic, Jurassic world? world fallen kingdom D- or dominion or, or is fallen it the original dominion? one? That was just called. This is the one that Jurassic just came World? out. This yeah. Weekend. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's to me. It's not even about dinosaurs. What? Chef's kiss. It's about Tim Cook. Tim Cook at Apple <laughs> wants to. I've make... heard this from Heaton. Heaton said this too. <laughs> it's definitely Tim Cook. His evil plan is to make giant locusts that will only eat crops that aren't genetically engineered by his firm. The lesson. Against the backdrop of dinosaurs everywhere, by the way. Ooh, pterodactyls uh, making a nest at the top of One World Trade, chef's kiss, all of that. Uh, The lesson is, hey, hey, man, don't be copyrighting animals. Just be cool. Here's some allosaurs running with horses. Here's some weird dinosaurs snuggling with whales. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that the the villain of this movie... Is dinosaur rights management? Uh, no. DRM. Uh, oh God. Oh God. No. Oh, it's definitely Tim Cook. I'll give you that. Just hold on to that part. <laughs> all right. I might have to see this after all. Uh, but yeah. Okay. All right. And you had a good time. Is what? That, that's the the upshot here. Is you enjoyed it? Yeah, dude. That pizza was great. I watched Prehistoric Planet instead of going to the theater. <laughs> Oh, that's the one. That's the one that's uh, that's uh, acted out as though it's a real nature documentary. Yeah, they, they, it, it's like really good CG versions that are you know based-ish in science, and it has uh, what's his name, Alistair Crowley, <laughs> Alistair Fallen Order. I can't get anybody's <laughs> name right today. No, it's it's actually the brother of the guy who created Jurassic Park. Ironically, yeah, uh, yeah. it's Sir D- David Attenborough. David Attenborough. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It is the brother of that. Um, it's really good. Well, enjoyed prehistoric planet. Uh, that's not what I was going to talk about, though. I wanted to give you my final word on Our Blues, uh, a KBS show on Netflix, so Korean drama. 
This one surprised me. When I started watching it, uh, I wasn't sure I liked it too much. Um, in fact, we started to fall behind and, and not be watching them immediately when they came out. Uh, but they did a wonderful job, if you stuck with it, of building off those earlier stories and saying, no, you're not supposed to like those people, and there's a reason for that, and we're gonna pay off that reason. Uh, it's very much a, a, a drama about the, the people who live on the small community on Jeju Island, so they're off the mainland, they have to take a boat to get to the mainland. Uh, there's some of the people go off to the big city to make their living and then come back. Other people don't come back, but when they do, it's sort of like, wait, are you still the same person? Uh, I'm not doing a great job of pitching it, but the stories are amazing. There's there's a story about uh, a high school couple who get pregnant and decide to have the baby against the wishes of both their dads who hate each other. Uh, there's a story about a woman who thought this other woman was her best friend and then thinks that maybe she hates her and in the end realizes that people are complicated and you can hate some things about some people and also be their best friend at the same time. Uh, and then there's a amazing, devastating tale of of a, a, a older a middle-aged guy and his mom and how he's hated her all his life for very justifiable, you as a listener will believe reasons. Uh, and at the end, uh, learns that she treated him that way for understandable reasons that aren't even necessarily forgivable. But once he understands them, uh, he comes to terms with it. It's incredibly complex and well executed. And so uh, if you like that sort of like interpersonal drama, may not be your thing, but if you if it is, uh, check out Our Blues on Netflix. Any I, questions? What, what, um, no, just I, I, I feel now now that you have specifically written a guide for Brian to get into K-dramas, I, I feel like I failed you that I'm not already into all of oh, them. Oh, gosh, no, no, I, don't, don't feel that way at all. I, I wrote down a bunch of options. If you're like, here's some entryways. You want me to pick one? I'm going to pick this one. I may have picked the wrong one, uh, but but that's that's fine. Like well, if if you never get to do any of them, I'm I'm not going to feel bad. It was on, enjoyable to do, on, and on, it's always there whenever you want it. On the flip side, you know, I've got an 18 year old about to go to college, and she's always trying to get me to watch various animes that she likes, and so I kind of want to reciprocate and be like, okay, go on this K-drama journey with me. And and the one I picked for you, 2521, is based on a webtoon. So there's like got a kind of a manga anime feel to the story. Right on. Yeah. If that helps convince her. I don't know. Yeah. Is Tim Cook <laughs> right. in it? Uh, is there what? Tim Cook? Giant locust? Uh, no, there, no, there's not a single dinosaur. Oh, my data. <laughs> my dinosaur data. <laughs> <laughs> my product. <laughs> All right. Besides Tim Cook's dinosaur data, what should we be on the lookout for? Bryce? Hey, we got a pick from James H. Uh, after we talked previously about how children's and family shows uh, has a, still continues to have a lot of jokes and written material for everyone of every age as well. James wrote in and said, Brian, I am with you 100%. I think the Barbie show you're talking about is Barbie Life in the Dream House. I absolutely loved it. I would watch this with my kids four years ago, but still remember so many of the jokes and look forward to a new Barbie show. Uh, Bryce, I would like to know if you find it as fun and entertaining as two mature guys with kids. Keep killing the core to your boss, James H. Thanks, James. Yeah, uh, uh, this is kind of an interesting one. Barbie Life in the Dream House was originally a YouTube uh, a short series. It was from 2012 for a few years, and now it's on Netflix. They've kind of 
bundled them up in different ways, but uh, there mm. are 12 little half hours of these on Netflix plus a bunch of other Barbie stuff. I, I just looking at this a little bit, like I've seen gifts and little clips from this um, elsewhere. So there is like funny little bits here and also it's like kid stuff. So the kids can watch it. It's, it's, like it. it's funny because I just now had the flash of like, wait, didn't we already talk about this? But then I realized like, uh, no, I talked about it. And then I read this email and now we're talking about the email. That's right. <laughs> That's right. On courtkillers.com. Uh, so, uh, that is available on uh, Netflix. You can check it out there. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email it to us, please. Courtkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. Indeed. Please do. Now, if you're saying, wait, Tom wrote a guide for K-drama for Brian. What are you talking about? Like, was that just a, a personal thing? And could I get a peek at it? Yes, you can get a peek at it uh, by subscribing to Free Tom Newsletter, freetomnewsletter.com. You have to go back two weeks into the archives, uh, but they're all available to, to anybody. And you can find what K-drama Tom thinks Brian should watch from June 3rd and read all about it. And then once you're signed up, uh, whatever I write about next will come right into your inbox and people can respond to that and ask questions. I had a great time answering emails from people uh, this weekend, not only about, still about the K-drama topic, but also uh, about my topic from this Friday about starting a talk show. So uh, go sign up, freetomnewsletter.com. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The Tom newsletter is so much fun because maybe he'll end up selling me on something, but he's not there to sell me anything. He's just there to chat. And I'm like, this is all great. Of course, you will need a computer in order oh, right. to read all That's this true. stuff, right? So we recommend that you head on over to our friends over at doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Use promo code rogue at checkout. Get an extra SSD drive and you'll be keeping us in business. And my newsletter doesn't even take up that much space. So 500 gigabytes, you'll have lots of room for other stuff. I, I can't think of anything other of value no, than your either. newsletter. Yeah. Uh, but ask me, and maybe I'll send you a 4K video of something you can fill up that hard drive with. <laughs> Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines! Netflix announced several new game titles that this time around are tied into its TV shows. Remember, Netflix is putting out mobile games uh, and you can access them with your Netflix account for free, even though they're separate apps. Uh, so coming up is the Queen's Gambit chess game, which is, you may have guessed, a chess game. That's coming sometime this year. Uh, Shadow and Bone Destinies is a single-player RPG set in the world of that show. Too Hot to Handle is designed to mimic the reality show where singles are on an island competing for shockingly very little money. And La Casa de Papel, a.k.a. Money Heist, is a heist game. Uh, there are also several other games not directly tied to the Netflix franchises as well. Uh, lots lots of games coming to Netflix on the game side this it year. It seems like a very, very smart play to stick to the originals uh, or the classics. I mean, everybody wants to learn chess. One of my favorite books when I was a teenager to learn chess was Bobby Fischer Teaches Chess, which, which was nothing but, you know, puzzles. And then you would find out whether or not you had the right solution on the next page. If you could do that in a universe that you're already emotionally invested in, that seems like a slam dunk. Yeah. If you want to learn to be a heist person, obviously La Casa de Papel. Yeah, right. I mean, there might be a YouTube channel that's better for that. That's neither here nor there. No, that's a good point. However, yeah. if you're a YouTube TV subscriber, good news. 5.1 Surround Sound is now available on Android TV, Google TV, and Roku. It was already supported on most smart TVs and Chromecast. No word when it might come to Fire TV, Apple TV, PlayStation, or Xbox. 
Oh, well, that's good news for the YouTube TV crowd. YouTube TV still spending a lot of money advertising, so more people picking it up. Uh, hey, Canadians, I know you feel left out every time we mention Pluto TV, and I know that's your biggest concern right now, but I've got good news. Uh, you no longer need to feel left out this autumn. Pluto's going to launch in Canada this fall in partnership with Chorus Entertainment with more than 100 curated channels. Hey. Uh, and in 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 uh something something half written joke it is a planet in canada it is what pluto oh oh yeah. uh yeah, yeah. pluto comes yeah. in bags in canada pluto comes in, right pluto, pluto comes in bags celestial dwarf in america full planet in yeah. canada something. they call it pluto in, dinner in they call it pluto dinner like oh, pluto oh. has a center line <laughs> in addition to the 250 yard lines welcome to workshopping <laughs> Microsoft will not be making a streaming TV device after all. Instead, it is exploring partnerships with its Xbox game streaming app to smart TV platform uh, platforms. The first will be 2022 Samsung TVs coming June 30th. This is just games, not streaming TV. Uh, boy, this is a big roundup. What do you got, Tom? All right. Yeah. A bunch of other uh, things here. The sequel to Knives Out comes to Netflix this holiday season and will be called Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Apple is making the first season of For All Mankind available to stream on the Apple TV app without needing a subscription. Netflix officially teased season two of The Squid Game. They didn't give us a date or anything like that, but they made it official. We kind of knew, but now it's official. Amazon officially renewed The Boys for a fourth season, pretty much immediately after the new season premiered. Apple TV approved a second season of Schmigadoon. That's the musical comedy. Uh, Apple released a trailer for Blackbird coming July 8th. Uh, that was one of Ray Liotta's final roles. Anthony Hopkins has joined the cast of Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon for Netflix. Remember, that's the one that everybody thinks was a Zack Snyder Star Wars script that he's just making on his own. Deadline reports that Netflix is working on an animated Ghostbusters series. HBO Max will not be making a third season of Raised by Wolves, and therefore we will not be spoiling the non-existent third season of Raised by Wolves. Amazon's A League of Their Own series got a premiere date. That's coming August 12th. Neil Patrick Harris has been cast as the Doctor's quote-unquote greatest enemy. That'll be in the Russell T. Davies season of Doctor Who coming next year with Nkuti Gatwa as the Doctor. And Sony Pictures has signed on Justin Lin to direct One Punch Man, an adaptation of the manga. Uh, One Punch Man is very good, and I've only watched three episodes of it. It begins with an existential crisis of what happens when you're just the best. So much the best that nothing interests you. It's amazing. Which I would imagine Neil Patrick Harris wakes up with every single day, which is why he's playing villains instead of heroes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Cliff wrote in and said, I saw this article and just read it out of curiosity. It's a Hollywood Reporter article on TV ratings. Uh, Cliff says, I was really shocked at how low viewership is on most network shows. Even the best hit shows have 10 million or less average viewers. I remember when shows like Seinfeld and Friends had more than 20 million average viewers every week. Do you think viewership is down that far? 
or are more people just watching later on Hulu and other streaming services? I mean, uh, uh, one of the most bizarre moments of my entire life was doing a magic special in Indonesia. And right before I walked on stage, I said, so about how many people are watching? And they said, uh, uh, they said about 70. Uh, it was like 70, uh, what? And there was 70 million. And I did the math and I realized Indonesia has 250 million people. They're all on islands. Nobody has cable. Very few can afford satellite television. So that tracked. And then I asked, when you say live, this is like live to tape. And they're like, oh no, it's going out live. Also that blood better not look like real blood or it will be an international incident and a crime. So uh, this is a case of back in the day, uh, there were only three channels. A Golden Girls episode on a Wednesday night would get 20 million views. And yes, it is weird that all of a sudden the diaspora has caused us to all see everything piecemeal now. Yeah, I mean, when there's fewer things to watch, more people watch one of the few things that's available to watch is kind of how I'd summarize that, right? So uh, I think what Cliff's asking, I, I think Cliff gets that. He's like, yeah, I know people are watching other things, Netflix, et cetera. But he's like, if you were to count streaming services like Hulu, would those numbers go back up? Would would these would these shows be closer? And the answer is probably not. Uh, they do a lot of live plus uh, aggregation numbers uh, and those Hulu numbers have not been deemed by Nielsen to be worth going to the trouble of adding to that formula. DVR numbers got big enough that they're like, all right, we're going to do a DVR including number. Uh, but the Hulu numbers have really not been enough to, to move the needle on these ratings numbers. So it also, because you don't get the same ad load on Hulu that you get. So having a rating that includes those doesn't matter either. Uh, but yeah, I think there's just, we're all watching different things more than ever. Uh, we also got an email from Yaru in Malaysia that was uh, uh, too long for me to summarize uh, uh, and do it justice, but it was differing with my opinion of, of Top Gun Maverick, of all for very good reasons. Uh, and uh, between the lines, um, I think that if I'm laying my heart bare, I can't divorce my problems, my, diff my challenges with the human being Tom Cruise literally torch making unpleasant for other actors to make them look good. And, and also I've read one too many Scientology books. So I am almost certainly clouded in all of those ways. Don't let that decide that it is or is not a good movie. You know, one, one way that you can help Brian solve that is to solve three digit disease. It's one of the side effects of three digit disease is, is what he just That's described. That's true. Um, I'm only to operating digit three. And yeah. I'm hoping to to follow that road to total freedom where we hit 12 digits per episode. <laughs> yeah. The the bridge and the the audits and the OTs. No, Our no, no, no. Cornkillers.com. Our email address is cornkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, 
we're, we're addicted to their money. And love. Uh, Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>